If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, welcome listeners. Thank you for tuning into Coffee for Closers powered by Collab Agents. Uh, Your host, Travis Ferris. I have an amazing special guest today. And if you're popping through here, you know, Coffee for Closures, we kind of always talk about it. What are we talking about? We're, we're talking about excellence, like people in excellence, uh, starting from A, getting to Z, and just having standards that are above the average to where people are pursuing excellence and the best of, that they possibly can. So if you're tuning in here, you might kind of come across us and be like, you know, why is why is Travis having a, you know, Tony, Tony Dolan, special guest, we'll introduce him in two seconds, on the Coffee for Closures podcast where, you know, it's, we, we focus on life, lifestyle, culture, economics, market, and a lot of business. Um, but Tony and I met up for lunch a couple months ago and had an amazing conversation on when you walk in this church, you know, you are just, you're drawn to excellence. And so what is excellence? What does excellence mean throughout the church? And at this point, I'm pretty open about, you know, being unapologetically godly and loving my relationship with Jesus because it's exactly why I am where I am at today is the path that led me here. And I'm at this point unapologetic because without him, I wouldn't be here today through all the ups, downs, tribulations, and trials that we have gone through. So we're going to hop right into this. We're going to be talking about tracking data metrics. Uh, One of my favorite concepts that one of my other mentors kind of said is he's like, hey, you know, Travis, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, if you're if you're selling real estate or selling whatever insurance, um, that there are the individuals at a high level that are they're they're coaching NFL teams. They are working and planning and strategizing Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, every single day where a lot of people are, you know, coaching like peewee middle schoolers. And that's one of the things that we're going to hop right in and talk about is the Life Church, uh, Tony Dolan campus. Uh, pastor for Colorado Springs. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for tuning in, my friend. Uh, quick introduction, who who you are. Travis, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's an honor. My name is Tony Doland, and I lead uh, Life Church in Colorado Springs. Um, pastor uh, and married, going on 16 years now, and we've got six kids. Whoa. And uh, yeah, and recently, well, been been uh, reading and learning a lot about real estate and from guys like you and recently secured our first property. Uh, so very intrigued with, uh, and that property is a, uh, uh, is a short-term rental. So very intrigued with uh, the business world, especially real estate. And then just in general, my, what kind of gets me going is just uh, improving myself every day. And so spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, and financially as well. Awesome. hundred percent, man. And we'll hop right into this and talk about who are the people that are, you know, running and the leaders of, of life church. Um, and congratulations on your first property, man. And diving in. Thanks, man. Appreciate some, it. Some, 
cool business aspect. So let's hop right in here, man. Um, again, so I was super intrigued. Like if you're in business of any, any way, shape or form, you know, if you, if you can't measure it, you can't change it. Um, so like run us through like your daily, the systems, the programs, like what is life church actually tracking data wise to make sure that they're, they're hitting and improving constantly every day, just like you said. Yeah. So uh, in short, we track anything and everything that we possibly can. And I like how you said it. One of the ways that we'll say is performance that is measured is performance that can be improved. Right. And so backing up with our church, uh, the church that I, I, I get to lead, we're one church that meets now in 44 different locations. It's called Life Church. And that's also our URL. So you get life.church. Um, if you're familiar with our senior pastor, his name's Craig Rochelle. There's another podcast, not to be competing, but uh, his, uh, it's the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Very well-known podcast. He also champions the Global Leadership Summit that's held every year out of Chicago. And then kind of the one of the most impactful ways that we've impacted the church world, and probably a lot of your listeners may already have this on their phone, is the YouVersion Bible app. And we've now uh, passed over half a billion, that's a billion with a B, half a billion downloads uh, across the globe over the last 15 years. So that's the church that I, I get to be a part of. Uh, but we track, uh, honestly, anything and everything that we can. Now, uh, in tracking some of these things, they're very, they're, they're kind of like soft metrics that are harder to track. Meaning our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Well, there are some aspects of that that you can track uh, roughly, like meaning regular church attendance, are we reading the Bible, are we inviting people, things like that. Uh, but really, that's a heart thing. Like, do I love Jesus? That's that's a, am I loving my neighbors? Am I loving my wife? Am I loving Christ? That's a thing that's a lot harder to track, right? So yeah. some of these things we recognize, that's not for us to measure. Are there other things that we can measure? Well, the answer is yes. And man, when I say we measure everything, I mean, uh, we are meticulous in this. And I was just looking at our, our data dashboard and we use this software called Tableau, a great way to be able to track, uh, and honestly visually, uh, see the things that we're tracking. So for me on a campus level, meaning my campus, again, we have 44 of those, uh, I, I can track uh, physical attendance on the weekend. Then we can break that down by service. We have five services throughout the weekend. That's on Sundays and Mondays. Uh, track uh, how many people are in each section of the of the uh, uh, the auditorium. How many kids we have per room. How many leaders. How many new leaders. How many new families. Uh, our band. Our tech. How many cars. So that on a physical attendance standpoint, we're going to be able to track that. And then I can track that week to week. And then year to year, uh, and then we can uh, we can dive in further. Like I know how how dense our services are, uh, how uh, what services we need to move people out of. Meaning our ten o'clock service. Most people that are going to come to church for the first time, they're going to come to ten o'clock, and we have four other services. So I'm going to be moving our people out of those services, and I can actually measure uh, year over year and week to week how I'm doing on that. And so uh, if I can. If I can track uh, performance, right, or I can track a specific aspect of it, I know I can also improve a specific aspect of it. 100%. Uh, with that, I'm, uh, not to call because I didn't pop it into our uh, our notes here. Like what we opened in, uh, Life Church opened in 2019. 
or was it 2020? Uh, so 2020, we were August of 2020, Lecture okay. Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Which we're going to dive into that towards the end yeah. here on the, the ups, downs, and the pain and suffering of, of launching essentially a church during that time. Uh, what's, what's the growth rate been tw- year over year, like from 2020 to where we're at today? Uh, so we are the fast growing campus in kind of our modern era for, for, for life church. I, I would say post COVID. Uh, we right now, I'll say, I'll say this, we launched with 600 people. Uh, this was with two services on a Sunday night in the middle of COVID, kind of height of it, like August of 2020, mass mandate. Uh, everyone had to be spread out. And uh, this last Easter, there was uh, 4,600. And now we're averaging close to 3,000 on a, any given weekend. Bam. Yeah. I'd say I'd say there's a meaningful change and difference there. And I mean, to go into it, like, you know, just side tangent is the the world and the culture is changing so dramatically and drastically that like seeing that impact on a community to me is like is is unbelievable it's truly like miracles through god cool thanks for saying that man yeah yeah the world is very much changed we know the mission hasn't changed the world has changed so how we uh look to help people to help them be better husbands, wives, fathers, parents, people in general. Uh, that the way we go about that has, has shifted, but the fundamentals of it have it for sure. Um, and so, again, I would love to talk to Craig Rochelle at a later time. Um, yeah, he's great. How, however, for those of you guys who don't know Craig Rochelle, one reason I, again, excellence drawn to excellence. Um, I'll just kind of say it is Craig Rochelle's a disruptor in and absolutely an innovator in the Christian church community. And so uh, I don't, I, what year, I mean, we run a mobile, 96 is when he launched, kind of started. Okay. So we run a cloud-based mobile business, which is like, again, innovative cutting edge. And we've always been pushing the limits in 1996, Craig Rochelle basically hit a point in his life where he's like, I I had to hit a child. Right. And that was one of his numerous kids. And, and he was like, I'm going to yeah. stream, I'm going to stream online church service. And yep. for, for those listeners, again, you know, I'm a, you know, it's, you will get pushback when you change, when you push the boundaries in, in the church oh, community. Man. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so I guess ne- my wife and I, Nisa, were talking about this yesterday to where you like, when, cause we're, ta- we're helping lead, you know, some of these young kids on Wednesday nights and the things that they pop up to her, Hey, I'm gaming online and Hey, this terrible stuff starts popping up pop-ups. And so to me though, it, it would, it's crazy not to say that, um, you know, when you have like evil stuff popping out to not combat it equally with, you know, the light of Christ, I guess you could say, uh-huh. which is like, so I'm, I'm crazy when people are like, how, how could anyone even think that this is, you know, that there would be pushback on it because, as bad things pop up all, all across the internet to our youth, like it's good to have good pop up. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. Like we, we know pe- teenagers, people are, we're living online more and more so. And so we're going to, we're going to reach people where they're at. We're going to share the love of Jesus exactly where they're at. And I, 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 I messed up. So the church started in 96. Okay. It was, it was 2001. So it was really kind of a, not normal, but uh, uh, it wasn't this, what you see of Life Church today, right? Started in two-car garage in the middle of a snowstorm, handful of people there. 
it was in 2001 when his son was born out of this constraint we were doing saturday service and sunday service his son was born and he couldn't craig our senior pastor couldn't preach that sunday morning and we said hey what if we just played the video and what was wild is people still responded to jesus through the through video and at the time we probably didn't realize how big of a of a a disrupting aspect of the church world that this was going to be. From there, we were actually able to do multiple uh, locations. And and now, your listener, you know, you, you probably have seen this. It's it's a relatively common thing. Twenty two years ago, we don't know of any other church. We were one of the first churches to do this, where we were doing church uh, from one video teacher, right, uh, in multiple locations. And really, the like, question was like, is this even legal? The question, you said it so right. And if you're not in the church world, often, and this is, man, our tribe, right, Christians aren't uh, uh, accepting of new technologies, right? It's wild. And you can go back 2,000 years. We've, we've not been. Um, and so one was like, man, uh, people aren't, it's not the same, right? And cl- clearly it's not the same, but you were able to leverage technology for the vision. So we, we did that uh, several years after that. I think it was 2008 where we put the Bible on an app. Now the Bible had been on online before, but now apps were totally revolutionizing how people were revolutionizing how people were interacting with their phones. And now we get to steward the greatest Bible engagement tool ever created. Meaning people are in their Bibles now, like we we know this versus a paper Bible, versus a uh, an app Bible, you're more on your phone in the, the Bible app than you than traditionally someone is uh, uh, on a paper Bible. So church engagement through the roof. Then we did church online. Uh, Craig, the, he's a disruptor, but not for disruptor's sake, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a disruptor to figure out how to better help people moving forward. For sure, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're if you're going places, you're ultimately making waves. It doesn't mean you should naturally just go to make waves. But yeah, <laughs> he, he has been going somewhere and driving an amazing movement. So to kind of sure. come back into this, well, and first of all, I, I kind of took some of his modeling because I'd always be either in person or online. Uh-huh. And when I saw how he was running his thing, it was the first time where I was like. I'm gonna. It's a hybrid model. It's a hybrid in person online. So uh-huh. if you want to be in person, go. And if you want to uh-huh. be online, so we actually shifted yep. our model when I saw that. I was like, this is just amazing and ingenious. So cool. to come back to the tracking, um, and then I, then we want to hear your background and, and where you came from, how you ended up. Uh, what is you know with the trait the tracking and metrics that we have on data analysis for a location. What goes into you know 44 locations now, and I'm sure yeah. there's many more to come. The data tracking on, hey, this looks like a good market. Like, what does that process look like? Such a great question. And tell me if I, I dive in too deep on this. So we actually have of cities of interest. So our church started in Oklahoma City. Um, and what's wild is like typically considered a fly. I mean, it's a, it is a, a flyover state. And we have this kind of like mini church Silicon Valley there in Oklahoma City Uh so it's pretty unique what, what happened there. Sorry, Oklahoma City. Now again, we're 12 states, 44 locations. As far west as Colorado, as far east as Florida and, and New York now as well. Uh, but we have cities of interest, meaning we know we have people that have moved from our existing locations to other cities, and they've kind of stayed in touch with us. Um, 
And we've, we've been able to kind of see where they're at. And you can see this. You can go to life.church slash cities. And so we're talking like Albuquerque to Cincinnati to basically almost anything in between. And we also kind of see the Midwest as a huge target for us. Um, it's not sexy. Tons of people aren't moving there. There's not a lot of, you know, no one's like, oh, man, I can't wait to to leave New York and move to the Midwest, right? Yep. Uh, growing up as a kid. And we see that as a blue ocean. Those of you who are familiar with that, that strategy. Uh, so we see that we, we also look into growing cities. And the other thing that we'll look into is, are there other churches like us? Again, uh, we're not in the competition of, of trying to compete with other churches. We want to see people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. And so one of the reasons we're in Colorado Springs is we saw we actually went to other, we have a, a team called a new location development team. They went to other churches in the city and they said, hey, there are some churches that are maybe kind of doing some of the same things, but we would be pretty different. We could reach people differently there. And so we we, we go in, that new location development team is able to measure growth, uh, uh, f- uh, potential gr- uh, future growth, the demographics of the city, uh, where people are moving to, uh, 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 are there churches like us, different things like that. From there, we have a land uh, acquisition team. They're incredible. And it's pretty tough to get for a nonprofit to acquire new land. It's actually very tough. Cities mm-hmm. don't want to give this up, right? And so they're very strategic. Uh, they find land. And then from there, we develop a team to go and launch into new cities. Dang. Yeah, it uh, yeah. sounds pretty in- intentional as far as a blueprint on what works and, and how to go about it. Kind of a SOPs, if you will, um, to dive yep. deep into that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we want to hear about like, where are you from, man? I, I know what Costa Rica, is that where you're born? Yeah. So I was born. Yeah. how do you know that? Did I tell you this? Yeah. Yeah. You told me a little bit. So you? where were you born? <laughs> like what, what gr- growing up and then what, what got you to Colorado? Yeah. So I was born in Costa Rica. Um, my parents were missionaries. So I was born, uh, a missionary baby. Uh, Costa Rica is obviously awesome. Volcanoes, beaches, beautiful there, but there's also tons of language schools. So doctors, missionaries, and then diplomats to, to Spanish speaking countries. Uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll run into people every once in a while that are my age, maybe a little bit older, younger there. I was born in Costa Rica and their father was a, uh, like a diplomat or a doctor or a missionary. So a lot of, uh, language training schools there. That's where I was born moved to Chile, but I was, I was raised mostly in Spain. We bounced around a lot growing up, but I was raised mostly in Spain. So I'm an American citizen, born in Costa Rica, raised in Spain. That's where I graduated high school and then moved to the States to come to college, met my wife. Uh, so I was in Texas and in Oklahoma uh, and LA for like different, different years and uh, had been to Colorado, but never realized how awesome Colorado Springs is. Uh, we moved here in 2020 and man, I just, I just love it. I love the, uh, the feel. It's not too big. It's got everything that you need. You can get to the mountains really quick. There is, and you've noticed this, Travis, we've talked about this. There is a go-getter mentality here. You got a, you got a strong military presence, right? People up mm-hmm. early, they're getting after it. People are fit. They're like just enjoying life. And so I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. I love it. Yeah, totally. From, from Alaska, I came to Colorado. I was like, Hey, this is like a better version kind of i mean depending <laughs> on what you what you are looking at um a little yeah. bit more mild but yeah it's super it's like one of the i think I, I haven't checked the stats lately it's always top five fittest places to live too yeah i think that that there are things u.s 
mag, something World Health Magazine, something along those lines, and it's like top 50 cities to live in. Colorado Springs is always top five uh, yeah. f- for quite a while. And then you got Denver and Boulder. And then along with, uh, I think it's Honolulu is another one of those. So yeah. you look at all of those, these metrics, um, and it's really cool. And it's very much, man, living here, I'm like, this is, this is a great place to be. 100%. So again, going back into metrics is okay. like everything's, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, everything's metrics related that we're kind of, it's life by design essentially and a, a life by strategy. So beautiful wife, uh, Natalie, right? Natalie. Uh-huh. Natalie and yep. six kids. So we have two. Uh-huh. And so I can't congratulations. Ever compl- thank, thank, I mean, congratulations to six. I can never yeah. complain to Tony about my problems with children because he's like <laughs> times three, times three. Um, but just walk me through that. I mean, um, what is life like, again, with being very intentional on how to have six kids, raise six kids and still be a high performer? Man, uh, well, thanks for saying that. I, I appreciate it. But I, one of the reasons I say congratulations, you, you have a newborn, man. Newborns are, that's a different, that first year is tough, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's just in this whirlwind. Um, so we have six kids and I fully recognize this kind of weird, right? Like people look at us like, wait, what's, what's the deal <laughs> here? And I think, uh, I, I don't, this is not for everyone. You know, uh, my wife and I just early on in our marriage, we had started having kids and we knew we wanted a large family. Um, also I work on the weekends. I work Saturday, uh, sorry, Sundays, uh, through Thursdays. Um, and so by design, we have chosen to homeschool and we started that our, our oldest is in ninth grade and we knew, Hey, we want, we want to be homeschooling him. And we've, we've kind of curated our life to be able to, to, to fit into what I'm doing. So if I'm working the weekends and my kids are in school Monday through Friday, that means that there's a big chunk of the weekends that I'm not seeing my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the campus I, I, I was first at, we also we did Saturdays and Sundays. That would mean I will only have a Saturday morning with my kids. Right. That's not acceptable. My first priority is my my following following Jesus, my wife and then my kids. And then it's my my job uh, as a pastor. And so we uh, uh, have designed our life to kind of fit this. Uh, and then having having six kids, uh, you know, right. It's kind of wild. Uh, people will come over to our house and my parents will be over or we have friends over and they're like, Oh, this is interesting that you do this. Uh, someone said, man, this, this runs like a tight ship. And it's funny hearing them say this because I, I will see it being too messy or too loud, but they're, man, this is a really well run thing. And I, uh, uh, we are, my wife and I are both disciplined and we know what we want to do and know what we don't want to do. And so we are up the same time every single day. Our kids are out the door. We, we do the same things on a very regular basis. Uh, we are very intentional on having family dinner. Just probably, I would say almost every night we have family dinner at five 30, our kids clean up, they're doing the dishes. They know what they're uh, cleaning up. They're cleaning up the kitchen and meaning my older kids are doing this. We may, and maybe let's say we do a family movie night. Our kids know they're going to put on some music, make f- too many bags of popcorn because there's eight of us that are eating popcorn now. So probably like five, six bags of popcorn. We go downstairs. We only have one TV in the house and it's kind of a way uh, because we don't want our life ruled around TV. And then uh, 8.30 bedtime, kids are in bed and then my wife and I have time together. And so the, the design, what I would say is... Um, you can say, okay, leading a large church, also dabbling in real estate, having six kids, uh, uh, physically fit, uh, uh, mentally focused, 
those are all, all good things. The way you get there um, is by saying no to 99.999% of everything else, right? Like uh, the way you grow, you don't grow by your yeses, you grow by your noes. So there's a lot of things that I'm invited to and I say no. Uh, uh, like uh, sometimes, and Travis, you know this, uh, at the tip of the spear, high performers, it's a pretty lonely place to be. Yeah, uh, but I but I'm choosing this for myself. Uh, there's a lot of extra things that I don't do. Like uh, I used to love football, but as I I like NFL or college football. But as I growing as a person as a leader, man, that's three to four hours of my weekend that I can now get back and I can invest into my kids, into reading, into my wife, into resting. Uh, and I'm going to use all of those things to maximize everything that I have. Yeah, dude. I mean, asterisk explanation point explanation point no and it's yeah. i think no is for sure a power word and then um i think that go uh, another thing as you're pushing forward and persevering i think that every time you have these hard conversations it, it it kind of like catapults you forward into kind of those those next levels but i mean like that's awesome yeah the uh one of the things craig says i i, I love how he said that he did a message years ago and man, uh, it, it kind of, it really shifted my mindset, but he said, some of you, you need to create a to don't list. Often we're going to create a to do list yeah. and man, entrepreneurs, real estate guy, like it, it, it is so easy to see the next shiny new thing and say, I'm going to go after that, right? I'm going to go after this. Here's the new thing. But if we can just stay disciplined and say, I'm going to say no to everything else. And, and that's an easy thing to kind of say. It's another thing to put pen to paper and say, what am I going to say no to? So I'm, a, again, a Christian leader at a larger church. Well, I, I might, I get asked a lot uh, to speak at things, to sit on boards, uh, uh, to, to go to specific events. And I, it's very clear that's on my to don't list. I don't sit on boards, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't, there's uh, outside of very few people, uh, we're not going to go to birthday parties. Like, like uh, margin is not found. Margin is created. And one of the reasons we feel so overwhelmed and we're we're uh, we're like frazzled because our attention is focused in so many different areas is because we haven't fundamentally defined what do we want more than anything else. And then once you find that, uh, work backwards to where you are today. What are the implements that you need to put in to where all you need to do is is add time, and then you'll get to where you want. But again. James Clear says it like this. One of the reasons people don't achieve excellence is boredom. Those who have achieved excellence have a higher tolerance for boredom, meaning the cyclist, the, the piano player, the entrepreneur that has done what the 1% has done is that they've put in work that the 99% has it. Disciplined. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been talking a lot about discipline over motivation lately, and it is. Yeah. Uh, it's... It is the thing. Again, fitness, it's 99% tracking nutrition, 1% yeah. workout. Um, but yeah. I mean, Tony, sorry, you just dropped, you dropped so much fire there. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things is because we run a fairly tight ship. Again, it's uh, not, I don't think that tight with only two kids, but it's bedtime, like eight o'clock ish. Mm -hmm. And the families that I know or couples that I know that don't do that, like it, it's in, like super valuable time that from eight till 10 or 11, whatever I, we, we want, we get to spend that time together, which 
that's probably the only time in the day that's really guarded yeah. like that. So like relationally, yeah. how, how important is that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. And man, I don't want to, you know, we, we are, having six kids is a lot, right? I mean, having kids, period, man, having one is, is a lot. I, I don't want to get to become an empty nester. My last kid is out of the house and my wife and I look at each other and it's like, hey, we, we haven't developed our relationship. Like there's nothing that, that we are talking about. So guarding that time, like, so my oldest two, they're, they're still up past 830. Um, but they know, like, I'll go down to the den and and I'll say to my oldest son, I'll say, hey, are you okay me and mama hang out? And he knows exactly what that means. And so I'm also modeling it, uh, modeling it for him. We're very intentional uh, every Thursday night. So tonight, uh, as we're recording this, it's a Thursday. Uh, we do our date nights because my weekend starts Thursday night. I'm off Friday and Saturdays. Uh, and the cool thing that I'm doing, I can be fun. Uh, I don't have any tattoos. We don't have any tattoos yet. My wife and I are getting ring tattoos tonight. Nice. Uh, and again, to the intention, uh, December last year was our 15 year anniversary. We weren't able to do anything real big because we had a, a newborn. Well, from there, what we decided to do was every single month this year is a big thing every, every month to celebrate our anniversary. Last month we were in Tahoe, uh, month before that we were getting our Airbnb set up. Oh, actually, no. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, we do a grateful dead concert before that. So every single month is a big one. Mm-hmm. This month it's a, it's a ring tattoo. We're actually doing that tonight. So again, carved out time nothing interrupts it like no one like if someone said hey can we hang out and do dinner thursday night that's a clear no because i decided that years ago because my best yes is for my wife on thursday nights she gets that because that's a priority 100 percent. yeah we've made the mistake of allowing others into like our date night or or even our pizza party night with a family <laughs> yeah. to where like uh-huh. ah, okay and and it always just it it I don't want to say use the word ruins, but it, it's uh, diluted. Dil- yeah, dilute it absolutely it. dilutes it to where I, the next day I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't get that like joy and fulfillment I normally do. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, amazing advice. Okay, as we talk about this, because again, we're talking about high performers, which like, yeah. if you don't have kids, I'm, this is this is not offensive, not meant to offend anyone. Yeah. But life before kids and life after kids are just it's so different that like it is the amount of intention and discipline and high, high performance without kids and a high performer with kids, again, just different levels. Um, who are the leaders like yourself, the other leadership of it? Like, I know you said that again, excellence is just, you're just drawn to this excellence. So like what type of people like glorifying God in their business? Um, you know, what is it? How to make one hell of a profit and still get to heaven. Like that's a, a book title that yeah. I always love. But it, it's the fact is that you guys are high performers living life at a high level, you know, achieving yeah. excellence and greatness. Like what are the type of people that, that are involved in the church here? Yeah. So we have our like our, our president. So like we call it in our nonprofit uh, at the church, our directional leadership team. So a guy named Craig Rochelle, uh, he's our founding senior pastor. He preaches, does the leadership podcast unbelievable leader. And a lot of this, of, of what I'm talking about, he has six kids as well. If you haven't seen him, that dude's crazy fit. The guy's doing jujitsu pilot license. You're like, how does this guy do this? He, he redefines creature of habit. Like I being around him, I mean, the guy's crazy disciplined. It's amazing. And he's defined, he's defined his, his life. He knows what he's supposed to do. And there's three other guys that leave the church. Uh, Bobby, Grinwald, he uh, developed the Bible app and he's like our Elon Musk. The guy is 
just brilliant. And that guy probably could have started multiple um, uh, Fortune 500 companies, like like legitimately, and he's chosen not to, to be able to invest into this. It's incredible what he's done. And we have another guy, um, Sam Roberts. So he leads all of our campuses. So he's like my boss's boss. Um, the man's brilliant, highly, highly focused on what we call the local church. Often church leaders like myself, we can get uh, distracted with a lot of other good things. And then the price that is paid is the people at our churches. Sam is so phenomenal on, on really focusing all of us on the local church. And then the other guy, his name is uh, Jerry Hurley. And if you listen to Craig, to our senior pastor, um, uh, he says that the best decision he ever made was hiring Jerry Hurley. Jerry Hurley was an executive for uh, uh, Target uh, in the 90s, um, doing incredibly well, a regional director, and he came on. And so a lot of the development, uh, the leadership development that we have at the church comes from this guy named Jerry Hurley. A lot of our even kind of like like our competition is not other churches, we say all the time, like we launch new locations all the time, right? Uh, uh, just we're trying to reach more people. We don't compare ourselves to church down the street. We're going to look at, hey, Walmart is launching a new Walmart every month. Like what are the what are the principles? How are they operating that allows them to, to scale like that, right? Dutch Bros, I know they started in Oregon and now it seems like Every time I turn around, there's a new Dutch Bros. Like, what are the principles that they're using that allows them to have this exponential growth? Chick-fil-A is another great one. And so uh, Jerry Hurley, this guy, uh, takes a lot of these business principles. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus or not, there, there's a lot of really good business principles that church leaders can use and vice versa. 100%. Uh, I mean, like, so we we run EOS, Entrepreneurial Organizational System, book by Traction. Um, also another book suggestion that you talked about earlier, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. Great, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. What, what? I mean, are you guys just running off of almost like a corporate structure or you, do you guys have a, like an operating system that Craig kind of developed for, for you guys? Yeah. So Craig and the team, you know, it's a really all of us in leadership are continuing to develop this. The, the reality is church like this in the United States hasn't hasn't been done before. So we're creating this model uh, when we first started doing multi-site and church online and, and, and launching to, into new states like man, back in I think it was like 2006, 2007, we launched into Phoenix and those those two locations that we launched into Phoenix failed. Uh, we lost tons of money and, and it was a big learning curve for us. And it really created us into who we are. So we, yeah, Blue Ocean Strategy, uh, the, the amount of books that kind of go around our organization, uh, as far as leadership goes, uh, uh, it's just tremendous. We're always trying to learn from best practices from, man, Chip and Dan Heath, uh, all the podcasts that you would listen to, uh, Donald Miller. There's just some great, great thinkers out there. We're going to learn from their wisdom, use it for uh, our mission, which is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. But to answer it, like, man, we're, we're breaking new ice, right? Or, or we're, we're, we're cutting down the, the branches because we're kind of blazing a, a new trail. And part of our mission we see is if we can help by mistakes or, 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 or learn these things, we can help other churches along the way. For sure. Fail forward. Yeah. Massive. Okay. So yeah, we, uh, we're at a place to where like, again, a uh, relationship with God, I don't think has ever been better to where yeah. we always look at if we're up 
And I say, I'm not tied to any location, like the way that we run business. And people are always like, dude, you're not tied. No, we're not tied down. But I was tracking because we were like, dude, Arizona. Like, and so cool. Will you guys ever go try to go to Phoenix or probably <laughs> not after that? Yeah. Or, so or- I just, I just talked with the guy, guy Jerry Hurley. I was okay. at a dinner with him and I asked him that, that w- would we ever go back to, cause Phoenix is just blowing up, man. Yeah. I mean, you'd listen to any r- real estate podcast or any kind of YouTube video. Everyone's Phoenix, DFW, Atlanta, you know, the, these kind of hotspot cities. Uh, and, and people are going there. And so, man, we're in the business of, of helping people. And so I asked him, would we ever go back to Phoenix? And I kind of thought we, the answer would be no. And he said, you know, it's going to be interesting. Here's what's interesting. Most likely, one of the largest churches in America is called Christ Church of the Valley. And if you're anywhere near Phoenix, go to that church. It's unbelievable. CCV, Christ Church of the Valley. They're, they're incredible. They're doing an unbelievably good job. And so part of what we see is, man, are we going to step on their, uh, not like territory, but like, are we different enough? And I was, uh, that was my question to this guy, Jerry Hurley, one of our leaders. And he said, you know, I think we, we, we possibly could because of how it's just enormous. And he actually told me this, I think Phoenix, I might be off by a million, meaning Phoenix is, is 5 million. Oh is no, it, sorry. It, it's slated to double in the next five years. Double in Phoenix is. Yes. And I think it's like, if, if I'm not wrong, it's between four and 5 million. Yeah. It's, it's, it's enormous. Well, Oklahoma, where our, our church started has about 6 million people in the entire state. Yeah. So the Phoenix Metro, if we let's say it's 8 million in five years, that's a lot of people that we can help. And so uh, we can either have a limited, like a scarcity mindset of like, yeah, but people go to that big church already. Or we can say, hey, man, there's no shortage of people that, that need the love of Jesus. And so uh, to answer your question, I don't know, uh, uh, but it's entirely possible. One of the things that I always talk about that when I actually look at um, not a scarcity, it doesn't come from a scarcity and it's it's. I guess it's it's kind of blue water, red water, blue ocean, uh-huh. or blue blue ocean, red ocean blue. kind of strategies. Um, I always I talk about something called second cities, and Brilliant. Honolulu, primary city in on Oahu. What did that do to West Side? And I was I we popped into West Side before it was cool on Oahu, and we because we knew that Honolulu was going to eventually cause West Side to to blow up, and it did. Prices caught up. Uh, Springs to Denver, Denver, primary right. city. Springs is a secondary city. Like Phoenix to Tucson. Yeah. You know what I mean? To where when that doubles, ultimately that's going to cause the secondary city to blow up as well. You guys should check that out. Dude, that's <laughs> that's such a good. And just uh, uh, let me give a recap. I mentioned Blue Ocean. And we've mentioned a couple times. There's a really good book called Blue Ocean Strategy. And the idea is, is that the biggest sharks aren't in the red water where the bloody water is because that attracts all of the sharks. They go to where the water's blue, meaning there are no other sharks there. And so the book goes, I think it goes like Walgreens, Cirque du Soleil. The, Cirque, du, Cirque du Soleil, no, but uh, Cirque du Soleil is like my favorite one because you just think about, yeah. you know, if they wanted to compete against circuses, they would just be more Ringling Brothers circuses. And yeah. you can clearly, again, excellence, you can clearly look at Cirque du Soleil and be like, they're not a circus. Like they are... <laughs> yeah. They are their own Other. entity. Yes. Right. They've, they've created something entirely different. And now everyone knows the name Cirque du Soleil. Like, yep. can we name another new circus that started in the last hundred years? You know what I mean? No, they they went to a blue ocean, did something entirely different and created that. And that's the idea of, I mean, that, yeah, Tucson, man. Uh, not just real estate, but also kingdom. 
building there. Yeah. Which again, because Nisa and I were all, we've been, we've been, I have a lot of family there and it's a good hop spot to go. And it's actually after like when uh, Craig was talking about everything, we were like, is Arizona Moab for us? Are we not supposed to go to Moab? Dude, interesting. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> so again, that's a total side, side uh, <laughs> tangent. Um, okay. So we kind of talked about it. it. So Craig Rochelle, again, a phenomenal business professional. Uh, he is uh, surrounded himself with excellence and radiates excellence, you know, and we talked about leadership to where his leadership obviously is, you know, trickle down effect to bringing in excellent leaders. What does he have planned? What do you have planned? Like what's coming down the horizon of like, these plans that you guys have, man, that's, that's such a great question. And I'm going to, I'm going to quote him because people will ask them, Hey, Craig, what's next. And this goes back to the discipline point. And man, if you take nothing else, take this. His answer is more of the same. We're going to develop leaders. We're going to love people. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to launch new location locations. We're going to develop leaders, love people, tell people about Jesus, launch new locations. And this, uh, so, so, the discipline underneath that is there's not a new model, not a new thing, not a new venture that Craig's going to go out and try. He's not going to, we're not going to start Christian schools. We're not going to develop our own TV channel, nothing like that. It's, we found what the model works for us. And I heard Hermosi talk about this recently. Once you find Alex Hermosi, great guy to listen to. Uh, once you find the model that works for you, the next equation is just volume. And in his, uh, reference. He was talking about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey kind of found a niche that worked for him. And then this guy just radio, podcast, TV, radio, podcast, TV, and put pumps out tons of content within that niche, right? Chick-fil-A would be another one, right? They don't, they, they do, they do chicken, right? Mm -hmm. Raising Cane's another one. They do, they do chicken. And then from there, they stay very, very disciplined. They're controlled with their growth and it's more of the same. And, uh, 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 that again, being okay with that boredom and not chasing the new shiny thing is what creates greatness and excellence. For sure. Other books. Sorry. Yeah. I just, I love books. Uh, Jim Collins, yeah. good to great. Yep. Got to read good that to great. one. Good to great. It's a phenomenal one. That's one that we've got to glean from wisdom. Uh, we we've taken, oh, man, that's the pastor in me. I was using some Jesus Bible church language. We, we take wisdom from a, a bunch of different books and good to great's another great one. His concept of like shooting, is shooting bullets before cannons, yeah. right? cannonballs of like, find what works, like shoot bullets, find, tweak things. Don't put tons of investment underneath it. And then once you find that it works, put all the energy un underneath that. Cause you know, it works, right? A hundred percent. There's a, speaking of, I mean, I, I won't try to bring in so many books, but man, we keep on talking about excellence. And this is a little bit different. Uh, it's a book called Chasing Excellence. And it's actually by a CrossFit coach. I used to do CrossFit and compete in that. Uh, that's a whole other animal, right? Uh, uh, his name is Ben Bergeron and the book's called Chasing Excellence. And man, if you're looking as an individual, so put aside... Uh, business or, or church leadership or, or uh, growth uh, outside of yourself. It's a phenomenal book about how, man, like tracking your sleep, tracking your diet, your exercise is going to fundamentally make you a better person. He even talks about like, uh, we don't whine, we don't complain, and we don't make excuses. And he dives into those things. He has those and all of his gym and his gym wall. We don't whine, we don't complain, we don't make excuses. And he says, he goes, man, uh, 
uh, if he can make better people, better people will make better athletes. And this is true. Better people are going to make better husbands, better fathers, better business leaders, better entrepreneurs. And it goes down to like, man, uh, staying disciplined, turning the TV off and getting a full night's sleep. And the compounding effect over that affects absolutely everything. For sure. Um, and we've kind of gleamed over because we could have gone in so many awesome directions yeah, like yeah. this. Uh, but I mean, the core values, it's just core values that he lives by, core values that you have, core values that Life Church has. Um, again, because as you, you know, creating leaders help, help more, creating leaders helps more people because as you create leaders, they create leaders who help more people. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's dive into this as we kind okay. of start to wrap up. Okay. Um, we always see the good. And, and the one thing that I always try to bring to our, our episodes is, is the authenticity because, you know, we've, we've launched brands and companies and offices and shut them down and blood, sweat and tears crying. Like yeah. we, we've talked about these stories with, you know, my wife and I, um, to where everyone sees the good and they, they don't. And again, the, the concept of overnight success, they don't see the 10, 15, 20 years of pain and suffering. So like, you know, what was one of the hardest moments that you faced in your success um, or obstacles? And then what, what happened and what did you do to overcome it? Um, again, to, to, to some of the feelings like that you were going through during that time. Man, this is a really good question. Um, I could probably maybe do two parts to it. Um, uh, I, uh, so the church I work for now, uh, incredible church. I was a part of a church um, earlier on. Um, the church no longer exists, but uh, uh, man, you, you can turn on the news and you can see that off sometimes um, pastors don't have the consistency with their integrity across the board. And I was a part of one of those churches underneath a leader like that. Um, not like an infidelity thing, just uh, wasn't consistent with the teachings of, of Jesus, right? And man, that is crushing. And if you love Jesus and you're part of that, and if you've ever been a part of that, man, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, but through that, we kind of went through this wandering. Like my wife and I, we moved around different places and kind of, you know, kind of everyone goes through, a lot of people go through the mid early to mid, maybe sometimes late twenties of where you're, you're not landing somewhere. Right. Um, I remember, you know, honestly, fitness was a big part of it. I remember being very frustrated at the, the idea that the actions of others, the lack of integrity of others or the bad decisions of others is affecting my life. Um, and then at the same time I was getting into fitness and as, as those two things began to collide, I realized, Oh, uh, fitness in my mind what i told myself is the one thing that i can control that no one else is impacting meaning i i choose what i eat i choose how hard i, I work out how consistently i work out and and how consistent i am with my sleep but well what i didn't realize is there's a whole lot of other things that i can control right and really the only things that i need to worry about are the things that i can control or even me thinking about i can i control my thoughts and my actions and then people can 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 screw you over in business. People can say all kinds of things about you. The economy can go up. The guy that you didn't want to get elected gets elected. All of these things are beyond your control, but focusing on the things that are in your control is the path to success. So as I was kind of floundering in my life, I stumbled into fitness. I was like, man, I can, I can, the inputs that I put into this directly, uh, I'm the one who benefit or, or don't from, from the, that success or not. And, uh, I realized that that's true for a lot of things like the sheer amount of effort that I put into my job, my marriage, my kids, uh, uh, 
I'm the, I'm the only one that can control those things. And those are the things that affect me the most, man. It's not uncommon for a lot of us to be, to look at who's in the white house or who's our governor or what the economy's doing up and down and say, that's not where I'm, where I am. Uh, that's, that's why I'm not where I want to be. When in reality, our thoughts and our actions have a significantly greater impact on our lives than politicians or what the macroeconomic uh, uh, situation is of the day. And it was wild. So, so long way to answer, um, as I was kind of flying around, uh, 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 I just took greater ownership of my own development during that time. The other time, and before we started recording, I, we were talking about this, we were the first location of Life Church to launch post-COVID. So we moved to Colorado in January of 2020 to launch this location. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And I'm in the business of, of literally getting people, a whole bunch of people close together indoors <laughs> yeah. and talking and singing and, and, and shaking hands. That's the business that I'm in, right? Uh, and all of a sudden, you couldn't do that. And I'm like, man, how do I? Our whole model was upended. Um, we we launched. Again, we, we distanced. We had masks. We were able to have kids. Uh, we had a certain amount of people uh, in the building at a time. Um, so we abided by all the regulations, but we knew what our mission was. And I would say one of the toughest things in my life was launching this location that I now get to lead in in the middle of COVID, in the middle of political unrest, uh, 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 racial tensions, uh, COVID. No one knew what was going on. I was in a brand new state. I didn't know anyone here. And all of a sudden I'm trying to gather people here. And the lesson that I, I learned a lot of lessons through that. But one of the big lessons was if I can just hold on and persevere, right, the the storm's going to pass. If I, man, we have some economic headwind, right? Business leaders, entrepreneurs, real estate investors, we have economic headwind right now. Interest rates are, th are through the roof, right? It's hard to find properties to acquire. Uh, if you can hold on, stay disciplined, continue pushing through this storm. When things change, the things that you're doing now in the middle of the storm are the foundation for when we have economic tailwind to, to where you're going to be doing great. And so for me, I was like, man, if I just invest, if I continue to love people, if I can continue to point people to Jesus uh, and hold on, when things begin to shift, we'll see explosive growth. And that's actually been the case for us. And you, you you're in the church. You're one of our great leaders. Uh, the church every week we have new people every week we have new people saying they want to follow Jesus uh, and the church continues to grow and grow but at the time when 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 COVID hit I was like oh my gosh this is going to be the worst church launch ever for Life Church uh, and almost the exact opposite was true and your name and your name is tied tied to it you know what I mean as far as the you hey I finally get to launch this location and then yeah yeah trials tribulations um I mean, was there ever like a time like in the pit of your stomach to where you were just like, oh my God, like <laughs> all the time, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, blood, sweat, tears. I mean, there are times and man, I, and I'm not Craig Groeschel, the, the senior pastor of this church, you know, uh, uh, physical church attendance was decimated across the board, across the world, you know, yep. and now it's kind of, it's normalized uh, for the most part, but man, uh, dark, dark days. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say depression, but like, I, like not clinically depressed, but like going that direction of like, there was, there were so many unknowns and I mean, 2020, I can't wait in 2040, we'll be able to read a history book called or a book called 2020. Cause it was such a wild time 
Uh, but man, no, uh, uh, <laughs> it was dark, man. It was hard. Uh, a lot of tears, a lot of frustration, incredible amount of stress. I, I swear I didn't have any gray hair. And then I had all of a sudden tons of gray hair from launching that campus for sure. Man, I, I bet. This and man. actually that kind of, that kind of took us in like, so, uh, out of that, you had some amazing pearls in there, but you know, what's your biggest suggestion for listeners that are listening today, whether it's business, uh, business, body, fitness, relationally, like what's that like golden nugget you can say, this is what you got to do. Okay. I would say it's two things. Uh, as far as your inputs, think really small and short. And as far as your outcomes, think long-term. Here's what I mean by this. Again, I'm going to quote Hermosi. He said this. It was great. He goes, I can tell how much money someone has based on the timeframes they talk about money. Meaning, hey, uh, can you let me 20 bucks for later tonight? Is very different than I'm investing for because when I'm 60, I want to retire, right? You, you, you know what trajectories these two people are on. Uh, so when you're looking at your own success, your own growth, your growth as a family, growth as a person, fitness, spiritual growth, your growth with Jesus, your growth, all of those things, think year over year, decade over decade, over the course of your lifetime, right? When you think like that, success, uh, uh, you're able to see success differently. So uh, um, when you think of the outcomes, think long-term. When you think of the inputs like your diet, your sleep, how much money you're saving, how much money you're investing, properties that you're looking at, daily reading the Bible, uh, daily giving to people, or is it regularly giving to people, think short-term, right? So I'm gonna think about my diet for this lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the exercise that I'm gonna have tonight, the amount of hours that I sleep now, and then the scale, how much, if I'm wanting to gain weight or lose weight, I'm going to think long-term with that. So the inputs that I can control short-term and make them small, uh, uh, as far as overall success, think long-term. And I would say, uh, think significantly bigger than you are. Bam. Right. Awesome. That's it, man. Um, other than that, guys, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on with fantastic guest. Um, again, just talking about excellence and, and everything every little angle about it. So um, you guys know what's up. Coffee for closures, We're having fantastic people like Tony. We love looking forward to, you know, a number two where we get to dive some deeper into some of these results it. and some of these things. But um, other than that, guys, remember coffees for closures. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. Enjoyed this episode of coffee for closers. Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents.